0: Welcome to Merrick's Experts, the podcast that provides analysis of current affairs in China.
1: Hello and thanks for tuning in. I'm Ruth Kirchner. Today you are listening to the last of our special series of podcasts about China's core that is, the top-level leadership. These podcasts are part of our coverage of a two-day conference held at Merricks in June that brought together international experts on China to discuss leadership styles, structures and processes under Xi Jinping. Among the experts, Richard McGregor, who is with me today. He's probably best known for his book The Party, The Secret World of China's Communist Rulers. Richard has covered China and East Asia extensively for the Financial Times and other newspapers. He's currently a visiting fellow at George Washington University. Richard, welcome. Um, Your paper for this Merricks conference was slightly provocative, if I may say so. The title, What if Xi Jinping Succeeds in Restructuring the Economy and Strengthening the CCP? Isn't that a contradiction in terms, restructuring the economy while keeping and strengthening the party's
0: grip? Well, it's certainly been a long running theme of Western commentary on China that, you know, you cannot strengthen the economy according to a conventional Western Western way of looking at it unless you strengthen the private sector. And ipso facto, if you strengthen the private sector, it should undermine the Chinese Communist Party. And of course, that's how the script was written, but it's not how it's played out over the past 20 to 30 years. In fact, the Chinese uh, economy has grown rapidly. The Chinese private sector has strengthened now about 70% of GDP. But you can easily make the argument that the Chinese Communist Party is stronger than ever, or certainly not threatened by any other forces in the country. So the two things are meant to be in contradiction. So far, they've kind of run in parallel.
1: They have run in parallel, but China is now facing daunting tasks, especially when it comes to the economy and economic restructuring. Can that succeed? Can Xi Jinping succeed uh, with such a
0: setting? I would first say that China has always faced daunting tasks, and and it always will. It's like that old cliche about Japan. Japan was always at the crossroads. It seems to be at the crossroads for 20 years. I would say this about Xi Jinping. Politically, he's been a very strong leader. You might say a very authoritarian leader. On economic policy, I think he's been much more disappointing, and not just disappointing from a Western perspective of, you know, reform, 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 according to the way we see it. He hasn't sort of lived up to the mark as he set himself. Uh, a very early sort of economic statement under his leadership talked about giving a much greater role for the market. I don't think that's really happened. The financial reform, I think, you know, he's dragged his heels on that. He may have all sorts of reasons for doing so, but that's nonetheless uh, certainly true. We're now getting into, in China, you know, the Chinese equivalent of election season, which is like selection season. That is the once every five years party congress uh, late next year, a sort of period when it's harder to get things done. I mean, he's got a lot of things done on the uh, military side, on the political side, on the economic side. I think he's sort of dragged upon in the slipstream in many respects.
1: Because uh, part of the problem Is isn't it that uh, uh, while he, on the one hand, has centralised power running or steering a big and complex economy like the Chinese, isn't the same thing, is it?
0: It certainly isn't. I mean, I think it certainly used to be a little bit like that. You used to, you know, one of the great powers, um, strengths of the Communist Party at one stage was to be able to mobilise capital, mobilise labour. Right throughout the country in a way that no other country uh, could do that. and this was wasn't only the central government, but it was the Communist Party at the provincial, state, you know city and township level, all competing with each other by the way. But those days of you know growing the economy through mobilisation, or to put it another way, just through investment, I think those days are gone. You know China will never grow at ten percent a year again unless it falls in a heap and bounces back. I think the Chinese know this better than anybody else. But it's not easy to, you know, to change the structure of any economy, be it Chinese or otherwise. And so we get to the point now where to keep up the sort of target growth rate, the party, Xi Jinping, is sort of urging state companies to invest more. And the reason they're doing that is that the only companies that are going to invest money when they're not going to make money are the state sector. And I think that's a very worrying sign about the inability of China to change its economic structure and really get the state out of the way.
1: So do you think it's inability on the part of the leadership or unwillingness maybe on the part of the leadership?
0: There's no doubt it's a bit of a mixture. One should not underestimate in China that there is still an ideological element of policy. Certainly there's a practical element as well. But there are many people in the Communist Party who see a strong state sector in key sectors of the economy, you know, what they call the commanding heights, uh, should remain in the state's hand. And in fact, the state's hand should be strengthened. So I certainly think that in that respect, it's not easy to sort of reduce the power of many of these uh, big state companies. Remember, the executives of these state companies are chosen by the party and the chief executives of the biggest state companies all sit on the old central committee. So these people are locked into the political system.
1: But at the same time, Xi Jinping, in particular Xi Jinping, has created all these extra groups that are not part of the formal system. The leading groups on deepening economic reform, the leading group on this, that and the other. So he is trying to bypass the established forums, and, and still, he seems not capable or unwilling to push through economic reforms.
0: Well, I think he hasn't so much created new bodies as put himself in charge of them all. And that's how he's a different leader from, from other leaders. He says, one person said, he's the chairman of everything. Now he obviously has very good, is one way of looking at it, or tough political instincts. He has very good instincts with the military and how to wield power, and he's made big changes there. I don't think he has particularly good instincts on the economy, to be honest. You know, he was in charge of provinces like Fujian province and Zhejiang province, which are very private sector oriented provinces, but I don't see that's rubbed off on him in many respects. You know, there is the sort of not conspiracy theory, but way of looking at Xi Jinping, to use the Chinese political expression, he's turning left so he can turn right. In other words, he's consolidating the power base of the party before he makes sort of different kinds of reforms. But I don't really see that, you know. I think he's a party man first and foremost. I don't see any, you know, spark of economic reform. A lot of things are happening in the Chinese economy anyway because of, you know, how vital the private sector is. But I don't think it's uh, because of his leadership.
1: You're saying a lot of things are happening despite the lack of reform. So the restructuring of the economy is taking place after
0: all? Well, China has incredibly successful and in fact, global private companies, as well as public companies, you know, we all know their names, Alibaba, Huawei, ZTE. They've got a lot of innovation in areas like the internet and the online economy, You know, Uber and Uber's rivals in China. So it's not true to say there's nothing happening, but I, don't, I think it's happening You know, in spite of Xi Jinping rather than because of Xi Jinping.
1: Now, how likely is it then that he will indeed succeed in both restructuring the economy and strengthening the CCP?
0: Well, I think he's probably succeeded in his terms in strengthening the CCP. The economy is just a much, much harder uh, thing to succeed in. And that that applies to any political leader in the world, frankly. The party is a domestic instrument, even though it tries to spread its power offshore. It's a largely domestic instrument. The Chinese economy is a global animal. It can't escape global capitalist pressures, it can't escape global crises and the like. It doesn't exist by itself, it's not an island, he can't snap his fingers in that respect, so it's a much, much harder thing to succeed at. And also
1: there are structural problems, aren't there? I mean, there's a looming debt crisis, there are the demographic changes that will have a huge impact on the Chinese economy.
0: Yes, you can make any prediction you like about the Chinese economy and take any set of figures you like. The debt problem is very hard to measure, but there's no doubt it's getting worse. And at some stage, there's going to be a big bill to pay, much bigger than the bill, for example, in uh, ninety nine 2000 when the banks were restructured. I also think the demographic problem at some stage, you can't do anything about that. About 2020, China drops off the demographic cliff. So you need a massive increase in the productivity of individual workers to support Or the people who who aren't working at that time. So there's certain things that he can't do anything about in that respect. So, you know, I I think China's got a lot of growth left in it. I'm not one of these coming collapse of China people. There's still some urbanization to take place. Anybody who goes to China can see there's a lot of room for efficiencies in the economy still. It's not about to stop growing, but I don't think it's going to roll along like it did previously. This is Merrick's Experts.
1: With me is Richard McGregor, formerly with the Financial Times, now at George Washington University. We're discussing the chances of China successfully restructuring its economy and the CCP strengthening its power. Now, Richard, let's assume for a moment that she indeed is going to succeed on both fronts, maybe against all odds. How could China gain from it politically, internationally?
0: Well, obviously, if you know China succeeds basically in economic reform, that naturally increases the power and prestige of the party. It's an enormous psychic boost, if you like, to the population. All these sort of stupid Westerners who've been questioning the Chinese model and keeping the Chinese people down again have been proved wrong yet again. I don't see how a more successful China becomes a kinder, gentler China at all, actually. You know, China has expansive territorial claims, particularly in the South China Sea. It has its own views on how global institutions should be run. In some institutions, it's setting up itself. It does not want to be dictated to by anybody, particularly the United States. And in fact, it never has been. Since 1949, even when it was poor and weak. So, a successful China is probably good for the uh, global economy. It may not be good for the global political economy.
1: And uh, domestically, would a successful China open up domestically? Less censorship, maybe, less control, more freedom?
0: I don't know about that. It goes in cycles. You know, the really worrying thing, I think, is that. China is a successful country over the past 20 years for all its problems, enormously successful. It's still a middle-income country, but compared to what it was 10, 20, 30 years ago, it's much richer, maybe 13,000 US ahead or something now. The really worrying thing is that even with that success, we still have these cycles of repression, cycles of locking people up. China still needs to do these sorts of things to keep stability. The edges don't get any softer in China. And I wonder, when it's $20,000 per capita or something, will it be a a nicer sort of communist party? I don't think so, actually. I think you can make the argument that it'll be, you know, just as chauvinistic. If you're successful, you're not inclined to change.
1: Now, you have been observing China for a very long time. Is that then that China might not become more open politically, that it will still be very rough around the edges, as you just uh, said. Does that come as a disappointment to you? Or is that something that you wouldn't have expected when you sort of started looking at China many years
0: ago? I'm personally not disappointed. I try to be a little bit clinical about this. Did I expect things to change? I'm not sure that I ever did really. I certainly never expected China to become a democracy in the way that uh, other liberal democracies are. I wouldn't even advocate having an election in China tomorrow because the institutions aren't there to support it. Can you imagine having a, the primary in Hernan Province or something? You know, God knows what would happen. You have to build up institutions. You have to have independent legal institutions, independent courts, better regulation, all sorts of things before you start. You know, having a, a democracy like like we expected. But but I, I would be enormously disappointed if if China was more successful and more repressive. Just as a human being. I, I don't think that is a very good outcome.
1: And then where do you sort of see China in five, ten years from now?
0: I think five, ten years from now, I think China would still be under the rule of a Communist party looking pretty similar to the one we have now. I mm-hmm. think in five to ten years, you know the biggest danger for China is a sort of Japan style stagnation, but at levels of income way below what Japan achieved, then that is a potentially more unstable China and potentially maybe more outwardly assertive China.
1: Richard, thanks for your thoughts and insights. That was Richard McGregor, former FT journalist, author of the book The Party, and now a visiting fellow at George Washington University. His essay, What if China Succeeds in Restructuring the Economy and Strengthening the CCP, is published as part of the Merrick's Papers on China. I'm Ruth Kirchner. Thanks for listening. Goodbye for now.
0: You have been listening to Merics Experts, the podcast from the Makato Institute for China Studies in Berlin. If you want to learn more about our work, please visit us at Merics.org.